You're listening to the weekly sermon of Huntersville Presbyterian Church. We're so glad that you're here and hope that through listening to God's word, you will come away refreshed and renewed for what life has to bring you this week. Here's this week's sermon. In our series that we're calling the Gospel Story, we've been preaching this entire year from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. And last week, Doug kicked us off by switching to the New Testament and looking at the birth of Jesus. Now we're going to fast forward to a time a little bit later when Jesus was about my age. And actually, unfortunately, I have to say he was a little bit younger than I am. Um, He was about 30, and it was a time when he gets baptized and he gets tempted, immediately tempted. Now, the book of Mark speaks of this, and that's the scripture we're going to look at today. But speaking of baptism, how many of you remember your baptism? Does anyone remember their baptism? Not many. I understand that's a weird question to ask in a Reformed Presbyterian body where you were probably baptized as a child or as an infant. Um, So if that was you, that you may not have any vivid memories of it. For somebody like me, or those that raised their hand, I mean, we might have, if we were a little bit later in life getting baptized, some kind of uh, idea or memory of what that was like. I remember stepping into the baptismal pool. It wasn't very warm. I was hoping it was going to be, but it was not. And I was terrified. I was 10 years old. Now look, I wasn't terrified because I was in front of a church full of people. No, in my mere 10-year-old brain, I was terrified that the pastor might leave me under the water too long. (laughs) That obviously did not happen. Now, maybe you've got some similar memory, or maybe you heard a funny story uh, from when you were baptized, if it was when you were an infant. Um, But our baptism is only one half of our story today. The other half comes after Jesus' baptism, when he gets tempted in the wilderness, Do you ever get tempted? I know, that's a rhetorical question, right? We all get tempted. We face them every hour of every day. Now, let me just qualify. When I'm talking about temptations, I I think there's more mundane temptations that we see uh, day in and day out. Not uh, I'm less talking about those and more wanting to talk about the more serious temptations that we face in our lives. What I don't mean is have you been tempted to cut that slow driver off who's uh, riding down 115 and making you late? Have you ever been tempted to, I don't know, spend two and three hours scrolling on social media on your phone, not getting anything else done? Have you ever been tempted to buy some as-seen-on-TV product on a late-night commercial? Have you ever been tempted to, I don't know, maybe go from Huntersville Presbyterian Church Uh, over to, let's say, Lake Forest Church, where Mike Moses might be the pastor, because you heard that Mike is a UNC fan, and you don't want to serve under a pastor who's a Clemson fan. I don't know. Listen, okay, hang on. I don't know Mike. I don't know what his uh, affiliation is. Don't flock over there if you're a UNC fan and say that Jeremy, some guy over at Huntersville Press, said that we should come and introduce ourselves to you. Don't do that, right? But These are somewhat comical temptations. I mean, obviously, they're ones we deal with. I mean, don't get me wrong. But there's more serious temptations that I think we face in our lives. I think about being tempted to skip my morning Bible reading 
because I look at my phone or watch and my calendar is too full. I think about going to the grocery store and taking a uh, grocery from my cart and putting it into the bag without scanning it at the self-checkout line. Have you ever been tempted to skip church because you signed your kid up to play in a sports league that has games on Sunday? Have you been tempted to drink when you know you've had a drinking problem in the past? Have you been tempted to click on some risque ad that pops up on your computer or on your phone? I mean, it's just one time. Can't be that bad. Temptation, it's all around us. It's something that we all deal with, and no one's going to go through life without being tempted. And Jesus was no different. I wonder, though, have you ever thought about the fact that once you handed your life over to Christ and started to live for him, that those temptations got worse? That the better your life is, the closer you are to God, the more you emulate Jesus' life in your own, that you see more temptations coming at you? I don't think that's by accident. And I think we're going to see today in our scripture from Mark just why that is. So let's go ahead and turn there today. We're reading from Mark chapter 1. We'll read verses 1 through 8. That'll kind of set the scene on where we are. But the main uh, meat of our scripture today is going to be from verses 9 through 13. So if you've got your Bible, Bible app, if you want to just follow along on the screen, you can do that as well. Let's hear these words from Mark chapter 1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah. The Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare a way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and a spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness for 40 days. He was tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angel attended to him. We see here in Mark, Jesus was one of many that John baptized that day. It's why if you look in other parts of Scripture, like the book of John, John the Baptist has to say that I am not the Messiah. He has to come out and say that outright. He also says in this passage, after me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I baptize you with water. 
You might be asking yourself, or maybe you've asked yourself before, why did our sinless Savior, Jesus, need to be baptized? Well, I think the answer to that question comes in many layers. First, we have to understand, this is the start of Jesus' earthly ministry. He's 30, he's getting ready to go more public. We don't really know a whole lot about Jesus. From about age 2 until about age 30, right here at this moment of his baptism, but it seems pretty clear that this is going to be a vital and important part of the story for us to learn. See, Jesus was living this private life with his family that was getting ready to become very public very quickly. And also, we see that Jesus gets uh, baptized because there's this fresh anointing that comes upon him from the Spirit. Now, clearly, Jesus would have been anointed as far as his human side goes— right at the conception. But it, it was clear that he gets, again, another anointing from the Spirit, like a dove. And it's language like that that we read in, I don't know, the flood with Noah. Also, original creation kind of comes to mind. What I think is being indicated to us here is that what Jesus is now embarking on is that he is actually beginning the work that's going to lead to new creation. Now, what I feel like maybe the most relevant answer to why Jesus got baptized today, at least it's the most re uh, relevant answer that I find as a Christian, is the fact that Jesus' incarnation as a human becomes ever so relatable to us and makes Jesus ever so relatable to us. And it's because of these two events in his lives, being baptized and being tempted, that we can um, have Jesus as our Savior and actually relate to him. It wasn't enough for Jesus just to come down and live this perfect life without experiencing all that this world had to offer. Not only was Jesus baptized when he didn't need to be, but then he gets sent into the desert, he gets tempted, and yet he doesn't fall to the temptations. These two moments, again, must have been uh, important for us to remember. Keep in mind about the birth story that Doug spoke of last week. That's only listed in two, written about in two of the Gospels. Jesus' baptism, it was written about in all four. And Jesus' temptation was written about in three of the four. So clearly the Gospel writers thought that these were important stories for us to know. We actually see a very relatable shift in what happens to Jesus that I think we see happen in our lives, which I mentioned earlier. And if we look at the scripture today, we're going to see it take place. So in uh, verse 12, I'm actually going to read it this time from the New Living Translation. Um, but what I want to do is I'm going to pause when a bolded word pops up on the screen, which is the word then. I'm going to go and tell it to you, then. And I want you to give me the loudest then with the most gusto that you can. So let's try this. See if you got it. Let's get it up on the screen. The Spirit compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness, where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. Let's try it again, but a little bit shorter. The Spirit. Okay, what word do you think is most important to point out in this passage? Then. then, yes. Okay, good. Just making sure you're listening. Then. Now, why is this word then so important? Well, it's an important shift from the work of the baptism that happens in Jesus' life 
to quickly, I mean almost immediately, getting tempted in the wilderness. Now, if you want to read more about the temptation in uh, detail, you can look at scriptures like Luke 4 or Matthew 4. Both of them talk about it. But what I think you'll find is that it's spiritual baptism, then spiritual warfare. A voice from heaven, then a voice from hell. It's water, then desert. Comfort, then conflict. Strength, then weakness. Baptism, then temptation. But that word then really actually means therefore. As in spiritual baptism, therefore spiritual warfare. Strength, therefore weakness. Conflict, therefore, or comfort, therefore conflict. Water, therefore desert. Baptism, therefore temptation. Now going back to my earlier question, did you notice the therefore moment that happened in your life? Where you got baptized, you started living your life for Christ, and then all of a sudden, everything the world had got thrown at you. The fact is, by living in and of Christ, having him as our Lord and Savior, the temptations of this world will come at us from all angles. It's just going to happen. Everyone deals with them, but I think we as Christians deal with them even more. And that's because Satan doesn't want us to thrive. Not as individuals, and certainly not as a covenanted body. But the good news is that we don't have to face this alone, and we certainly don't have to give in to the temptations that come our way. We've got a Savior that knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to have the world thrown at him. And he can sympathize with us on a level that I don't think our minds can actually comprehend. Now, if you're like me, Maybe sometimes you read the scriptures, especially Jesus uh, and his uh, miracles that he performed, the way his life lived out, and the way things ended for him here on this earth. And maybe you think, like I do, it's hard to relate to somebody like that. Maybe you see that as a two-way street that maybe Jesus can't relate to what you've got going on in your life right now. But look, Have you ever said, God, you just don't know what it's like living here on this earth. You have no idea what we are having to go through right now. Maybe you say things like, God, you didn't have terrorist attacks like 9-11. You didn't have technology that opens the door to a pretty bad world. You didn't have a boss that's as bad as mine to work for. God, if you only knew what it was like to sleep next to a freight train all night long. And by the way, I think Jesus could actually probably relate to that too. I mean, could you imagine all of the sheep that the shepherds brought with them to the manger? It couldn't have possibly have been quiet to sleep next to all them. Have you ever said, God, you didn't have to profess faith in yourself? in a world that's ever more post-Christian every day that goes by. I think it's easy for us to see the folks we read about in Scripture and think that they don't understand what we're going through and to think that they aren't or weren't tempted in the ways that we are tempted today. 
But you look at Adam and Eve, the Israelites, King David, the Apostle Paul, even Jesus, and so many others. They all dealt with being tempted. And I don't think that we can blame our temptations and our bad choices on society and the way of the world. Because all generations before us have dealt with temptation from the beginning. So that's why I don't think we can blame our uh, giving into temptations on something or on somebody else. The truth is we're continually being sanctified. And as long as we live in this fallen world, temptations are things that we are going to contend with. The question is, do we really believe that Jesus knows what it's like on this earth and that he can relate to what are temptations that we go through? I think John Calvin summed it up pretty well. He said, Christ has put on our feelings along with our flesh. Jesus not only came down as a man, but also dealt with the feelings that we deal with. It wasn't just enough for Jesus to be tempted in the wilderness, but he was also in danger in the wilderness. I don't know if you caught it in Mark 1.14, but it said he was with the wild animals. Now, Mark doesn't mean that he's sitting there serenely petting mountain lions and, and bears. No, uh, I think uh, somebody like Amy Green, who just left to go, um, I think, to Africa, she probably sees, gets a little bit of a better picture of what we're, uh, Mark's talking about here. It means that he faced the same confusing, unpredictable, and sometimes dangerous natural world that we face. Jesus identifies with us fully. He faced the full impact of and the temptation to sin, along with the dangers that come with living in a fallen and broken world. I mean, you can at least see the picture of what Jesus had to deal with spending the night in the wilderness. And you can picture what wilderness you're getting ready to face when you walk out this door in the town we call Huntersville, in the greater Charlotte area. As Max Lucado writes, Jesus faced hunger, faced sorrow, and faced death. And, he f and to face them with you. Jesus became one of us to redeem each of us. How can that not be good news? Well, the reality is the fact that the world's going to throw all that it's got at us. And the Apostle Paul in his first book to the Corinthians, he put it best. Paul writes, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way for escape that you may be able to endure it. I'd even go further to say that God will not let you be tempted beyond what he can bear and what he has for ability. Now, you probably haven't thought about it much, but some Sundays, just like we did earlier, thank you, Mike, we read a, aloud the Lord's Prayer and even pray for the, the temptation to be taken away. I want us to read that line together one more time. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Why do we say that 
out loud as a part of a corporate prayer in worship. I think it's because we understand just how bad this life can be and how easy it is to succumb to temptations, especially the temptations we're thrown at by the world. Now, I'm pretty confident. Most of us probably wouldn't label our life a cakewalk. Not many people I talk to would. Now, we might have some really great seasons in life, but life isn't all easy-peasy all the time. However, it's because of these two crucial moments in Jesus' life that we can have hope for tomorrow. I actually left one really big reason out from my list earlier as to why Jesus got baptized. He's baptized in order to be obedient to the Father. Jesus is there to be baptized to accomplish the task for which he had been sent, which is forgiveness for sinful humanity by a sinless God. The eternal son had to empty himself. Paul writes it like this, the eternal Christ, the son, emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient, obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus, he was baptized out of an act of obedience. And just as Jesus was obedient, we too are called to be obedient to the commands that Christ gives us that God has written in the scriptures, that we might not give in to the temptations around us. But we see all across scripture, living a life in devotion to God and living by the rules that he set forth in the Bible takes both practice and takes discipline. The reality is that obedience isn't easy. It's not something that comes natural for most of us. It wasn't easy for Jesus, and it won't be easy for us either. But that's part of being a child of God, a member of the family of God, and a person in the kingdom of God. Obedience, though, isn't just about following some set of rules, right? It goes deeper than that. It's about living in relationship with Christ, doing what pleases him and, and not doing what doesn't please him. None of us, though, can do that perfectly. There are going to be times where we don't want to resist the temptations of the world. There are going to be times we'd much rather follow Satan's lead. Satan doesn't have what's best in mind for us, though. That's something I think we need to consider. It might seem appealing in the moment, but the long-term effects are not worth what seems like a momentary gain. When life gets you down or when life piles on so high that you can't even see a way forward, pray for the peace and the strength that only God can give. Just know that when that strength and peace comes into your life, the, uh, Satan is going to push back and throw more conflict and more temptation your way. It's when those conflicts and temptations hit in your life, what choice will you make? Will you ask the one who has overcome those temptations to help lead you and guide you forward in your life? 
As it says in Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus can empathize with the problems and temptations of our world much better than I think we can even imagine. Jesus came to be one of us, to experience life like us, both the good and the bad. And I'm convinced that if we lean into our sinless Savior and we live life as he did, he will take us where we've always hoped we'd go. And I actually think that our Hunter's Bull Prez mission statement says it all. Jesus, life is better with Jesus because Jesus makes us better with, at life. I want us to actually say that together this morning. Let's put that up on the screen. Say that with me. Life is better with Jesus because Jesus makes us better at life. That statement's true. We live it out here at Huntersville every single day, every week. We believe that, and we think that's the way forward in our lives to not have to face the temptations and to be able to move past them each and every week. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, life throws so much at us. So much that we feel like God time, there are times where we just don't understand why God, and we don't understand how we're going to move forward. God, you alone can give us the strength and the peace to get past each of those moments in our lives. We come asking that you pour your love upon us, that as we leave this place, Lord God, and see the first temptation out in the real world, the wilderness that we call Huntersville, that you would help us see a way through. Help us to understand, God, that you are in control. God, that you have what's best in mind for us. God, we love you. We worship you and praise you now. It's in your holy son, Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Huntersville Presbyterian Church. Here at HPC, we believe that life is better with Jesus because Jesus makes us better at life. If you're looking for a church to call home, we would love to share his life with you. To learn more about us, or if you'd like to give online, visit huntersvillepres.org. Thank you.